I wish it was possible for all of us to join the youth ministry on Wednesday nights and just watch what's taking place in that area. I had the privilege one time of just walking back there towards the end of the service, and man, there was such a move of God taking place, just the presence of the Lord. They were sitting together in worship, and God was just in the place. It was just powerful. We have some amazing young people, amazing teens, and hats off to the parents. Uh, yeah. And this last weekend, they were engaged in a thing called Fine Arts, where they uh, take their giftings and, and use them to honor the Lord. But I'm going to let Pastor Ray come and share about that weekend with us. Yeah, so this weekend we got to go to Mount Hope Church in Lansing uh, and present fine arts. I'm going to have all of our students who did fine arts participate. Would you stand up for me? So all of our students who are fine arts students stand up. There's a few missing, but that's the, you guys can sit down. There's a few missing, but that was uh, the majority of them, but you know, our uh, scripture, our verse this year for fine arts, <clears throat> excuse me, was 1 Peter 2.9. 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, he talks about how Jesus is a living stone and we are called to be a people, a holy people. And then Peter begins to quote um, Isaiah and he says this, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, but listen to this, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out. Of darkness, Our theme was to be set apart. We're doing fine arts not to win any score or any medal because we are set apart to proclaim the goodness of the one who has called us out of darkness. So um, our students really embodied that this year. They were so prepared. Um, and I just got to give a hats off to our students. There's a couple times during the performances that uh, they, they forgot a line or they dropped a drumstick and they just kept going. And they can only do that because they were prepared, because they put the time and effort and energy into that coming up. So I'm so proud of our students. Um, we did have nine awards of merit. So a merit is that means they got first place in their category. Um, so we had nine categories that uh, got first place. Of the 44 categories, performances that we have, uh, 32 of them got a score to move on to nationals, which is in Orlando. Really quick, if you'll just give me a second, I'd like to just kind of mention the merits. Uh, just And if I mention your name, if you'll just stand up for me. So our first one was our Dramatized Quoting Ensemble group, Bryce, Hannah, Kaylin, Peyton, Jacob, and Braden. If you guys will stand up. And then Braden Murray and his children's lesson solo. And you know, the best part of fine arts is Braden is actually up in kids' church this morning doing his children's lesson solo. So he's doing ministry, right? Uh, Victoria Fritz, her visual art 2D paint and draw. This next one actually got to perform at the award ceremony. John Blanco, stand up comedy, got to go on stage and do his stand up comedy. Hannah Matthew, right there in the middle, her musical theater solo junior. Her sister Karishma and Shrija got for their uh, vocal ensemble Spanish. You know, it's funny, you're always, and I'm sorry, I'm probably taking too long, Pastor Bob, but you always learn more about your students as you go. And so they were doing the Spanish ensemble. I'm like, well, that's so cool they're doing that. And then I found out at Fine Arts that Shrija and her family lived in Mexico for five years. So she learned Spanish and knew it very well. And then Karishma had learned it in school. But it's just funny as you learn as you go about your students. But, uh, and then Hannah Matthew, her vocal solo female junior. The next group actually got to perform as well at the celebration service, the worship dance troupe of Peyton, Kaylin, McKenna, and Riley. And then our children's lesson group of Emma Maldonado and Alex Kupel, they won merit as well. 
And we're always honored that our students win merit or make it to nationals. But again, it comes back to so much more than that. Our students are involved in ministry. So many of our students that did vocal solos are part of our worship team. Braden is up in children's, doing children's ministry. Our students are discovering their talents, they're developing them, and now they're deploying them. And that is what fine arts is about. So thank you. There's someone else that we want to thank. Uh, and he may claim that he doesn't have a whole lot of creativity, but he is extremely creative. And all of the hard work he puts in, organizing things, he's like, he is an incredible, incredible youth pastor, guys. I'm not kidding. I've seen a bunch. I was one. He's better than I was. Okay. Yeah. No, all the hard work that him and Sadie, the flowers are for you, by the way. <laughs> No, the flowers are for Sadie, but all the hard work they go behind the scenes. I mean, they're working on, you know, all the rules and working on all the coordinating and all the making sure everyone has what they need. I mean, he is a tireless servant, and he works around. I mean, honestly, his networking skills helped us get some of our props because <laughs> we, were, we were forgetting some things for our performances. And he's, like, running around at the church asking for help, and he's just so gifted in many ways. And so you're creative in my book, that's for sure. And uh, so let's thank, again, Ray and Sadie for all the hard work they put into fine arts. Thank you, Brad. You're awesome. Young people, we are extremely proud of you, whether you won an award or not. But just the fact that you're going out there after it with God, we're very, very proud of you. Keep up the good work. Keep growing in Jesus. And, uh, you know, these guys, uh, it's not just Raymond, but Raymond's got an actual team that works around him. So anybody that's been working with youth, in the final arts, could you stand up too, so they can be seen? And I could go all day talking about parents, because that's, the real investment happens at home. And so parents, we are proud of you as well. Keep up the good work at home. Keep pointing them to Jesus and keep building Christian principles in their lives. Uh, we've got a great future for our church if these kids stay with us. Really, it's going to be exciting. Okay, uh, we've been working through the book of Ephesians. We've had different pastors sharing with us, and we've got Pastor James sharing with us this morning. But listen, I love our corporate worship, don't you? One of the reasons why it's so powerful is because we have such an incredible God to worship. I mean, he is so amazing. We could spend all service worshiping God. One day in heaven, we're going to spend hours doing it with the host of heaven. But uh, for it to happen effectively, we have to have people who love Jesus like you do. we got a great congregation that loves to worship, and you guys are fantastic. You come with hearts prepared to meet God and continue to be, walk in that, that line, in your, uh, that avenue in your life. But it also takes a good worship team, and we've got a fantastic worship team. All of them are dedicated, committed uh, musicians. Uh, but with a great worship team, we need a great leader. And Pastor James is one of the most anointed worship leaders I've had the privilege of, of worshiping with. Uh, he's gifted in so many areas at our pastor's meetings. He brings uh, really great insights into our meeting as we talk about different issues together. Tremendous wisdom out of his life. Uh, he's more than a worship leader. He also made a fantastic choice of a wife. Uh, if you know Connie at all, you know she's a sweetheart of a lady, walks with God, just a great encourager, great joy in her life. I get encouraged just seeing her in the hallway. Uh, that's the influence she has on people, but together they form a great team. And Pastor James also is an anointed preacher, and he, he brings the word of God because he knows the word of God, he lives it, he studies it. So James, come and bring the word of God to us today. All right, good morning. Can you hear me? All right, thank you for that opening. Man, Pastor Chuck came with it last time, and then you this time. These intros are, I'm, I'm excited for next time, if, if there is a next time. We'll see, I'm just kidding. Oh, man. Well, it is, uh, as always, a privilege and honor uh, to be here with you. Obviously, I, I'm uh, usually on, on the piano doing worship, uh, but every time I get to step away and lead uh, from a sermon aspect, it really is an honor. So I'm um, glad to be here. And uh, 
man, I don't know about I don't know about you guys. You just feel primed for what the Lord wants to do. I don't know if you were sensing that during worship. I just feel like God wants to do something special in our lives today. Um, I don't know. There's something about that word, that holiness, that that Pastor Raymond was referencing in First Peter, just being set apart, but not just set apart to to be holy, but to for a purpose, right? We're a chosen people for a purpose, a royal priesthood, right? So let's just open up um, with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we do, we honor you above all things. Holy Spirit, I, I am I'm asking this morning that, that you would work your plan this morning, that you would work in spite of me. God, that you would truly have your way in this place. Have your way, Lord. Amen. All right, so last week, Pastor Pierre, he did a great job, by the way, right? Man, he killed it. Um, yeah, yeah, where is he? There he is. Man, Pastor Pierre does so much. He's like, he's up here, now he's doing live streams, so uh, you're awesome, buddy. Uh, but last week, he talked about the true gospel, right? So a few things that I took away from last week that, that he said was one about resetting our thinking, right? Resetting your thinking to let God form the way that you think and renewing your mind with God's truth, not by your circumstances, but with what God has said. And never underestimate the power of repeated obedience. I thought that was a, that was a good point last week. Just being faithful, right? You know, when we get to heaven, we're not going to hear well done, good and talented servant, well done, good and like amazing servant. It's going to be faithful servant, right? You see it? So that faithful obedience over time, man, that moves mountains over time. So good stuff. Um, so we're going to kind of take a step back because I want to lead into where we'll be uh, heading in Ephesians 5 today. So I just want to take it back just a few verses uh, and we'll go from there. We got a lot of scripture this morning, so stay with me, okay? I'll take pauses and breaks if we need them, but no, we'll be good. All right, so Ephesians 4 verse 29 says this. <clears throat> Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So I want to continue on from there. Paul then says this. It says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now catch this. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality, or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Oh, kingdom of Christ and of God. So let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. All right. Still with me? All right. So let's jump back to verse 1 and 2. I want to kind of break those down, and we're going to go, go from there. But here's the thing. It says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, right, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice. So here's, here's the thing. We have to catch that we are dearly loved children, okay? So today, as we discuss all these things, we're going to see Paul is listing out, uh, as we saw last week, when Pierre threw up that, that list of different things that that we see are just kind of the natural things of the flesh. If, listen, if we, if we don't catch that we are children of God, 
these are going to be the natural byproducts, okay? Paul's just showing us what truth is. So I, wa I want you to hear that, like, we're not only to be children of God, we're supposed to be imitators of Christ. Amen? So follow God's example, right? And then to walk in the way of love. So how do we do this? Here's the beauty. It's all impossible apart from God, right? We talked about this last time that I can't do anything in my own strength. I can't do anything in my own righteousness, my own works, right? It's all because of him. But here's the beauty is it's all about him and it's all from him. 1 John 4.19 says this, we love because he first loved us. And I think sometimes we think, you know, love comes from us, right? Like, like, oh, I love this person or I don't know. But here's the thing. It is impossible to love apart from God, to truly love. Most of the time when we talk about love, like, oh, I love this person. Like people in high school, I love her. I love her. You know, right? But most of the time, it's, we're talking about needs, not love. Because love is sac sacrificial, right? It doesn't expect something in return. It says, I love you, right? God said, I love you when he sent Jesus on the cross. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, so love, though, it, it all comes from God. But it is, when it comes from us, when it flows out of us, it's the natural expression of human beings when, when we see a response of God's goodness. You see that? So it's like when I realize who God is, how much he loves me, the most natural expression it is is for me to overflow with love towards everyone. Right? So that's, that's how if we flip back to, to the end of Ephesians 4 where it says, forgive each other just as Christ forgave you. Even forgiveness, it's all impossible apart from from God. True forgiveness. So let's, I want to kind of take 1 John. We looked at verse 19, but can we go back to verse 16? I kind of want to read through this. I think it's going to kind of help us. We're going to see kind of a correlation between what we're reading in Ephesians and 1 John. I think it's going to be cool. So here we go. Verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Catch that? We rely on his love. So God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Verse 20 and 21 kind of remind me of what Pastor Pierre shared last week when it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, right? Like it's just, it's not in the nature of God, and so it shouldn't be in our nature. You see that? We have to put that, that old way, that flesh, to death. So two things we need to understand. One, we've been forgiven. So I've been forgiven much, so I can freely forgive. But two, that we are dearly loved children. We're called to love just as Christ loved us. So how did he love us? Well, one, we know he paid the price ultimately for our sin. He died on the cross on our behalf. But also he modeled submission. I think sometimes we overlook this. And it's like we say, well, he's Jesus, right? He's just, he's just too amazing, right? But man, what he did is he came. He's fully God, fully man. But he yielded himself to listening to the Father's voice. Every step, he kept in step with the Spirit. And so what he did there is he modeled for us as Christians, how do I walk in step with the Spirit? How can I submit to the Father's voice? Because I think, you know, there's so many voices out there. There's so many things. We're going to talk about this a little bit later. Just distractions that just try to get our minds off focus, off of the Lord. And I'll tell you what, if you can fight, if you can fight for intimacy with the Lord, if you can fight for time alone with the Lord, whatever that looks like to you, man, I'll tell you what, that'll change your life, just that alone. Because here's the thing, 
I can't see God clearly if I'm not hearing his voice. And if I'm not spending the time, if I'm not getting in his word, if I'm not seeking him, I'm just going to live by my circumstances, I'm going to live by my emotions, and then you're just this the whole time. And, and God, God calls us for more, amen? Amen. So give yourself to God as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice through Christ. Guys, we have to resolve there. We have to understand that our lives are now for Christ. If we don't, this gospel, all it is is it's just a way to have a better day. It's just me incorporating it into my life, right? But really, we learned this last week. Pastor Pierre laid it out. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow him. So now, my emotions, my, my feelings, my wants, my desires, they're still there, but they're all in submission to God. You see it? So Ephesians 3, let's keep going. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. I'm just going to pause there for a moment. They're out of place, but rather thanksgiving. You know, Paul continues this, this list from last week that we realize these aren't of God's kingdom, right? Sexual immorality, any kind of impurity, and greed. So I want to ask you guys a few questions. Some, some things that I'm still asking myself is what, what do you allow in your home? What do you allow into your mind? And I'll be honest, a lot of, I know we say like, what are you watching on TV at least for, for my generation and for younger, it's what are you looking at on your phone? What are you uh, scrolling through? Or even when you're scrolling, because let's be honest, there's going to be things that you see that you can't unsee. But there is a moment when it's like you can see something on a screen, especially for guys. I'm, I'm going to be raw for a second. You see something on the screen. You have the, you have the choice. Am I going to choose to immediately look away to flee from that? Or am I going to just like... Focus on it for a second and then look away. Man, God's calling that out of us. That's that hint, right? You see it? I'm telling you what, God is coming back for a spotless bride. And he's, he wants to encourage us this morning, church. I, I, I do. I want to encourage you that this is, this is not about um, bashing you over the head. You know, we talked about in the first song, I wrote it down. There's nothing better than you, right? Oh, there's nothing better than you. Do we really believe that? So I'll tell you what, I, I think sometimes we look at, at holiness as, as something I have to work at instead of something I'm called to, an invitation that God is giving me. You know, when I, when I married my wife and I said yes to Connie, it wasn't that I said no to all these other women. That, it, it wasn't really about the other women, if that makes sense. Like there's thousands of women in the world, but I choose Connie, right? Go with me for a second. Connie's like, where are you going with this? <laughs> so, but go, go with me, go with me. It's not about the thousand no's. It's about the one yes. You see it? It's not about the thousand no's that we say no to the world, no to sexual immorality, no to, no to all these other things. It's the one yes, the one yes to Jesus. You see it? Man, it's an invitation into a marriage with Christ. It's beautiful. Whew, that recovered. That could have gone poorly. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. That was, oh my. All right. So greed, I want, I want to talk about greed for a second. And I think sometimes we kind of confuse what, what greed is, but it's really simple. It's just serving yourself, right? Greed is all about building your own kingdom. So when, when Jesus talked about seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be added, it's never been about money per se, but, but the, the whole point is money kind of shows where your heart is. Um, What's that verse? Let's throw that up for a second. First Timothy 6.10 this is really good. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves 
with many griefs. Greed, it's, it's self-serving. It's all about my power, my influence, my stature, right? But here's the thing. Money is not a bad thing. I'm not saying money's evil. It's just a tool. Yielded under the right thing, it's, it's amazing. Ask any missionary that's trying to raise money. When they get money, they're happy to take it, right? Because it's serving a purpose, right? But here's, here's the point I'm trying to make is that Paul is laying out all these different things, all these different areas that, that our flesh wants to just kind of own something, right? Sexual immorality, impurity, coarse joking, you know, whatever it is, greed, but it's all about me. It all serves me. And so what God is, is trying to teach us is that we can throw those things off. There's a better way. What drives you? Is it your success? Is it money like we were saying? Is it your family? For me, I have to ask myself, is it ministry? You know, ministry is a great thing, but it can become an idol if, if I'm not careful. And I have to keep Christ at the forefront. Am I more concerned about building my own kingdom or the kingdom of God? Let's just pause there for a moment too. Really just take a moment, ask yourself, God, am I more concerned about building my own kingdom or, or your kingdom? All right, Paul keeps going. He says, he talks about obscenity, foolish talk, and coarse joking. So what are you saying, right? Does it honor the Lord in everything you do? Does it give glory to him? Is it purposeful, right? Is it fruitful? So these are the natural byproducts of living for yourself. You see it? But now there's this, this beautiful shift in verse 8. I feel like I've been throwing out punches, so I'm, I'm excited to get to verse 8. Um, where Paul kind of contrasts darkness and light. And it's, 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 I think once we see it, it's going to help us so much. Because it really is. It's staying dependent on the Holy Spirit, walking with him, keeping in step with him. Right? So let's read that. Verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So verse 8, for once you were darkness, right? But now you are light in the Lord. This is, everything shifts here, right? Because it's all about Christ's work. It's not about my works. So I'm called to live as a child of the light, just as all of you are. Amen? Amen. We can walk as children of God. We can Walk in holiness like we were talking about earlier. We can do this, guys. I'm telling you, this is, if, if there's ever a time to, to look like the Lord, it's now. It's, it's not hard to look at the news, to look at what's going on in the world and think, what is going on? Or to think, wow, this is, things are getting dark. But here's the thing. I, I think this is the interesting thing about, we, sometimes we think darkness somehow, it's like darkness versus light. But really all it is, light is just... Wait, how did I say that? Light is the absence of darkness. Nope, flip those. Sorry. Darkness is the absence of light. There we go. Glad we're recording this because, no. Just, yeah. Darkness is the absence of light. So think about that. Where you go when you think, wow, this is so dark. Well, hold on. You're there. You're supposed to be the light. Amen? So bring the light wherever you are. God's glory is not somehow crippled by the darkness. The only time that it's crippled is if I'm afraid to share it. 
every command that God gives us, his grace gives us the ability to obey it. So we can do this, church. Ephesians 5, 9, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Now, I said this earlier, but we know we have no goodness apart from the Lord. We have no righteousness in our own standing, right? How many of you know you're, you can't do it in your own strength? 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Ephesians 5.10, the next verse says this, and find out what pleases the Lord. I shared this in staff before, you know, when Jesus, uh, remember when he talked to his disciples and he said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. Because a servant doesn't know what his master's business is. I think this verse kind of helps tie in for me. It's, it's, you know, pleasing the Lord. It's, it's, got, it's got more than just this duty attached to it. It is a relationship. It is, I'm, I'm God, what pleases you? I want to seek you with all of my heart. One of my favorite verses, we'll throw it up, Psalm 119. This has kind of become uh, a life verse for me, mainly because it was like the only one I memorized when I was in high school, apparently. But, um, but no, it's, it's, it is so good. Like, and it, it's, it kind of blew my mind as I was reading this. It's like, wow, God, you must be real because this kind of lines up with this. You, wow, you speak the same yesterday, today, and forever. Anyways, so Psalm 119.9 says this, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. Lord, I seek you with all my heart. Catch that. I seek you with all of my heart. Man, that is, we could just pause right there, our altar call time right now. But, man, do you really seek him with all of your heart? And I'm not, I'm not saying this to, to say, like, shame on you, right? I, I, I'm encouraging us. We can go deeper in the Lord. I, you know, I feel like the, generally the trajectory of my life has been to please the Lord. But catch in verse 9, let's back up real quick. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? It's not just something you come to understand and it's like, yep, God is good and he has redeemed me. And all right, peace, I'm going to go on my way, right? It's, it is living daily for the Lord, staying on that path of purity. So it's how can I stay on that path by living Living according to your word, it, it, it requires action on our part. You see it? Yep. Lord, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart. Not memorized. I've hidden it. It's, it's gotten into my heart, not just my mind. Not that I can recite all these verses off and say the right things when I feel like the devil's attacking me. No, I've hidden it in my heart that I might not sin against you. And then verse 12 says this, praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. So I, I wrote down a few results of seeking the Lord in this psalm. And I think it's, it relates back to what we were talking about in 1 John and Ephesians. But first is this, it's staying close to his commands. See it? Second is this, hiding God's word in your heart. And that just comes by, I don't know about you, there are just some verses that are special. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, that's my verse. And I, I heard a preacher say one time, he's like, he felt like this verse was like his life verse. And he heard somebody else preaching that verse. You're kind of like a little jealous. You're like, that's my verse. What are you doing preaching that verse? But... But you, you know what I mean. You, we own that verse. Like, it is, it is mine. And obviously, it's for everyone. But, man, find those, find those things that, where it's just you and the Lord, those, those special things between you and the Lord. And the third one is this, a rejection of sin, right? Kind of what we're talking about today. Living as children of the light. And then the last is this, praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. Thanksgiving is the natural response to the goodness of God. When I really truly see who God is, 
the natural response is just to say, thank you, God. You're so worthy. Right? Thankfulness has everything to do with him and not really anything to do with me. Right? It's gratitude. It's, it's, it's just, it is the, the response. It's like, wow, God, you have loved me so much. I, I can't help but love you. I, I love you. See it? So good. It has everything to do with Christ's finished work and my humble acceptance that he loves me. You know, we talk about humility a lot. Really, humility is just laying down my opinions and seeing it from God's perspective. And when we really boil it down, and God says, I love you, and we need to humbly accept that today, regardless of what you think about yourself, regardless of what you think you've done, Christ has seen it all, and he says, I want that one. Man, that, that's a good word right there. I remember Pastor Brooks used to say this, talking about sin and, and seeking the Lord and just kind of the, the, the difference between the two. And I remember him talking, he'd, t- he'd kind of like make a line and say, you know, some people get so focused on, let's, oh, this is perfect. Thank you for put this line in. Um, thank you, carpet guys. Um, let's pretend this black line is, and how convenient is black? If That would be the line of sin. Black. Um, let's pretend this is sin, and it's, the whole idea is if I'm so focused on what I can and can't do, I'm going to be like, ooh, I'm pretty close, but I'm not sinning. Oh, hey, right? Instead of just seeking the Lord, right? You see it? If we're so focused on this, then we never get our focus off ourselves. Not saying you're not saved, not talking about that, but really it's you're not laying down your life. You're not serving. You're not running hard after him. Man, are you seeking the Lord? Have we come to church just to receive a good word, to receive salvation and then go on our merry way as we watch the world burn? As we watch people that we know and we love walk straight to hell? It's a, I mean, it's a challenging thought. Holy Spirit, help us to be people who seek you with all our hearts to really see why we're here, to serve you. Sorry, that wasn't my finish. I just had to pray there for a second. So. All right, let's keep going. So we want to find out what pleases the Lord. But uh, Ephesians 5.11 says this, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds. Catch that? How different that is from like fruit of the Spirit. It's fruitless. Yes, it's sin. Yes, it's wrong. Yes, it's, we're not, I'm not arguing that. But, but just think about it from a uh, production standpoint. It's fruitless. It's not going to be, it's not going to go good for you. Right? So have nothing to do with it. Rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Isaiah 60 says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So the point of God illuminating and revealing his goodness and his love to us, his children, is yes, obviously he loves us, but there's a twofold thing. Now he wants to use us to take this message everywhere. You see it? It's, it's, it's this beautiful thing. It's like, yes, the gospel is all about the Lord, but then he says, I'm willing to die for you. And then he says, lay down your life for me and go tell others. It's this beautiful cycle of just self-sacrificial love. Man, so good. 1 John 1, 5 through 7 says this, This is the message we have heard from him, and we declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, 
we lie and do not live out the truth. But, we could all quote this, who's, what's it, DC Talk, right? But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. You know, I'm talking about the DC Talk, I want to be in the 80s, or no, 90s, what was it? Yeah. It's a jam right there. Catch that it says we have fellowship with one another. You know, when God brings things into the light and he's, he's challenging us, we know the Bible also says confess your sins one to another. I find it interesting. He says, he is the light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now, I'm not saying you have to, like, every sin you have to go tell somebody. I'm not saying that. But the whole point is, there is this beauty of, of bringing something into the light, saying, hey, I'm just going through this, and I need to share this with you. I know that I'm justified solely before God, but there is this beauty when we're unified as one people, as we fellowship with one another through the blood of Jesus. All right, so I want to keep going, but I believe that, I, I don't know, I, I just sense in my spirit that there's some of you here you're just kind of feeling like, yep, I know the things I need to change. And I want to encourage you. Like, I'm, I'm going to give a response moment at the end. And I believe the Lord's wanting us um, just to lay down ourself, right? Lay down our pride. Lay down all of those things and really receive our new and true identity in Christ. But I want to keep going because Paul talks, he gives us little nuggets of wisdom here. Uh, Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 it says this be very careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil I also put this in there Colossians 4 verse 5 be wise in the way you act towards outsiders make the most of every opportunity let your conversation always be full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. I believe the wisdom Paul's talking about here, it's, it's talking about how we conduct our lives, right? It's talking about being tactful with your time, being tactful with your actions, making the most of every opportunity, stewarding the gospel message. Man, far be it from me. I, I, and I don't, I'm not saying I'm, 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 I've figured this out. But I really do, I, I, I want to challenge myself, I want to challenge all of us here. Really ask yourself, man, how many people have heard the gospel because of me? Right? Like, if, if, if salvation was just about, you know, as soon as I get saved, I get beamed up to heaven, and that's all it's about. But no, he's got me here for a purpose. It's to share the good news. See it? And we can do this, church. Like this, it's, it starts as simple as, hey, this, this is my testimony. This is what Jesus did in my life. doesn't mean you have to have a three-point sermon. It's just sharing what God's righteousness, God's love has done in your own life. And you go from there. Are you making the most of every opportunity you've been given? Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. How are we doing? Is this, I, I, I just want to make sure. I'm going through a lot of scripture. Are you with me? Okay, all right, okay. So Hebrews 12, this is just after uh, the hall of faith, right? Talks about all these different things by faith. This person did this, right? So it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, and he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Man, can I encourage you this morning? We do not need to grow weary. Look to Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. I know I say that a lot when I lead worship. It's kind of like one of my go-to things I say, but I really do mean it. Like, if we could just learn to just fix our eyes 
set our minds, set our, our hearts on things above, right? It changes your perspective. It changes the way you think. Sin can easily trip you up. We read that earlier, right? Sin that so easily entangles. And distractions can take you, they can take you off course, but if we keep our eyes fixed on him, let him lead your race. I think that's another interesting point, right? It's easy to be like running for God, doing my own thing, and then I'm kind of like, whoa, what's the deal, God? What, they've got all this other stuff. What about me, right? Like instead of just, nope, keep my eyes fixed on Jesus, run my race, right? Then jealousy doesn't even get in the way. You don't even think about others or, wow, they're so much more talented than me, and I don't have as many giftings and all that stuff. No, just run your race, the race he has for you. Each of you was created with a unique expression that Jesus wants to express through you. His glory wants to be expressed through your life in a unique way. And that's why we're here, church, to show his love. So Paul commands the church in Ephesus, jumping back to Ephesians, to live in wisdom. Why? Because the days are evil and the time is short. The time is short for your friends. The time is short for your family. And I know sometimes it's easy to feel like, it, it's so funny, We're, we get so locked into routine and all that stuff, schedule, that's good. But here's the thing, this life that we're living here is not the real life. It's the eternity. So if we're not living for eternity, then we, we need to reset. We need to change the way we think. I, I threw in this quote, it's not up there, but uh, I was scrolling through something last night and I saw this, it's from uh, Charles Spurgeon. He said this, time is short, eternity is long. It's only reasonable that this short life be lived in the light of eternity. What are you doing with your time? What are you doing, kind of going back to the whole greed thing, what are you doing with your finances? Whose kingdom are you building? Let's deny myself. Take up my cross. Follow him. And I don't know why. I'm just, I, I, I feel, I, I don't want to feel heavy, but it, it just feels sobering. You see it? It's like, wow, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm created. I'm here to live for the Lord. My question for you today is this, what have you done with the message that's come to you? Church, we've been given an incredible gift. Why would we hold on to it? Why would we keep it for ourselves? I'll be honest, I, I think I, at least for my own life, I know I'll speak personally. For me, it's usually one, convenience. I don't, I don't it's going to inconvenience me to go talk to this person or two, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what they'll think of me. I'm afraid of looking silly, just walking up to somebody and, or, or ruining a relationship or, you know, all that stuff. But when we really think about it, how, how much does that matter in light of their eternal salvation? Ephesians 5, 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We referenced this last week, but I'll, I'll read it again. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, right, by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God's desire is that we be imitators of him, that we look like him in this world. All right, let's keep going. We got just a few more verses. You with me? All right, okay. Ephesians 18, here we go. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus. So first off, obviously, don't get drunk. But he gives us this command to be filled with the Spirit. Right? So we see that contrast between the light and the dark. So it's not just don't do this. It's this is so much better for you. Do this thing. Right? Be full of his spirit. 
And secondly, I just wanted to take this uh, a moment here is just giving thanks always. Uh, thankfulness, it's, I've found it to be like a barometer in my life of, of where I'm at and how focused on myself I am, if I'm being honest. Uh, Connie and I do this thing. It's been really helpful for not only our marriage, just for us individually, but just um, if one of us is just kind of stuck on a moment like, oh, I'm so mad at this or this or, or whatever, or maybe I'm just like frustrated with something, or we're just having a hard day, right? You know, sometimes you're just having a hard day. We'll do this thing, all right, give me something that you're thankful for, right? And all of a sudden it just shifts the way you think. And, and it, I, I don't know, I found it to be kind of twofold. One, it helps me kind of get back on track, like, no, I'm, I, I am focused on you, Lord. Like, you're, you're the reason I'm here. This, this isn't that big of a deal, or I just need to go eat a, you know, a candy bar or something. Like, I'm just, yeah, right? But um, so one, it's a helpful to realize, like, okay, I need to shift my mind. But two, it helps me realize when I'm just kind of focused on myself. So if Christ is sufficient, catch this, if Christ is sufficient... I always have a reason to be thankful. Fair enough? Fair statement? So obviously Christ is always sufficient. So here's the question. Why am I not always thankful? Holy Spirit, help us to, to see you clearly. Help us to follow you. Help us to be thankful in all things. Here's what I'd like to do, if, if, uh, if possible, could the worship team come join me? I don't know where everyone's at. I know we're serving many different roles, but if you kind of just make your way. Um, and here's just some of the takeaways that I had for today. Um, and then I just want to go into a, a time of just response to the Lord, um, and I'll explain that in a moment. But, but here's the thing. First, let God's love let his love for you be the greatest truth in your life. So let his voice, right? Let his voice, like we were talking earlier, remove the distractions. Let his voice speak louder than every other voice, every other lie. Then we're going to be able to do all these things, right? Get rid of all immorality and impurity and bring it into the light. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to bring things into the light that just, not talking they have to be like, I was, you know, an axe murderer for 30 years. You know, like, we're not talking crazy stuff. It could just be as simple, I, I have been not seeking the Lord like I know I need to be. Right? It's, it, it really comes back to, to Him. So get rid of all immorality. But two, build God's kingdom, not your own. Really simple way to start, be generous, Right? Don't hold on to things so tightly. Keep things with an, you know, obviously steward well, but keep things with an open hand that like everything I, I have, my time, my money, my family, everything, it belongs to the Lord with an open hand. Allow the Holy Spirit to control your speech. I think we've talked about this before, and I, I shared how it's really helpful for me to kind of, uh, I try to think at the end of, a sentence thinking in Jesus name and if that sentence makes me uncomfortable by saying in Jesus name like then I need to adjust something you see it like cut someone off on the road or you know you, you someone cuts you off and you're like right in Jesus name oh ouch right but but you see it it's just adjusting to to the standard that the Lord has for us and find out what pleases the Lord. So that just, it's simple. Seek him. Seek his face. Time is short. So here's the response. Be faithful with the gospel message. And then lastly, always give thanks. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, Colossians 3, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
And that's really the prayer, right? That everything we do be done in the name of the Lord. And that we would really please the Lord with what we do. So here's how I kind of want to end today. Um, I just feel like we need to respond to the Lord. And I, I don't know what that looks like for each of you. So I'm not going to limit it. But here's, here's I want to do give a few instructions. I'm going to just kind of, in a few moments, release the band to just play. Um, and so here's two things. One is I'd ask that if, um, we're going to end in a moment. I'd ask, one, that if, if you got to go, cool. That, that's no problem. But just take your conversation outside just to respect kind of what the Lord's doing here. Is that fair? Okay, and then two, I, here, here's the response, is, is if you just feel like the Lord um, is working on you, and it could be as simple as, like, I just, I, I feel like I've been drifting from the Lord, and, and I, I have a few things that I just want to work through. I just want to encourage you, these altars are open, and, and really, like, you can make an altar anywhere you are, but, but you know, I think there's something... Uh, meaningful to us when we take response and say, God, I'm laying this down. I'm physically getting out of my seat. I'm coming up and I'm just laying this before you. And we'll have our pastors on hand. Um, but really what I'd like this to be is, is that you just take some time before the Lord, whatever that looks like to you. And so I, I do want to give this for a moment. If there's any of you, you just never uh, committed your life fully to the Lord. You've never really s surrendered that first yes, right? You've never fully come to him and you're just saying, I, I get it today. He's, it's all about him. It's all about Christ. And I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to follow him. I'm going to ask you to do something bold today. Uh, when we do this time of altar, I'll just ask for you to just come down. I want to pray with you. Um, and or, or one of our pastors can lead you whatever that looks like, but I, I do, I want you to take that response, because there's no shame here. When you come to Jesus, it's, it should be like the most exciting thing ever, right? So let's do this. I'm going to pray, um, and then I'm just going to invite you to come, whatever that looks like, and, and we'll close. So Father, I just thank you for your love. Thank you for your love, Lord. Lord, without your love, there is... There's no point to what we're doing right now. Jesus, it's your love that transforms our hearts, it transforms our minds. It takes the hurts of our past and shows us that we have a future. Jesus, we exalt you in this place. Let it be said that Northville Christian will always glorify your name not just here on a Sunday, but with our lives, with every waking moment that we have. But Lord, we do. If, if we have areas that we need to, to surrender to you, if there's just areas that need to come into the light, God, I pray that we would be a people that are bold enough to lay those down at the altar, to just put them in their rightful place at your feet and say, Jesus, you can take it all. I just uh, sense in my spirit, too, that there's some, you haven't left the faith, but you've left what the Lord has called you to. He gave you specific callings, and it, because it was too big or was too great, felt like you couldn't do it, you've kind of laid that down, and you've just kind of forsaken that. And I feel like the Lord is awakening those things again. And so I'd ask for you to just come and respond to that. Holy Spirit, be with us as we go. Let this not just be a message. Lord, I pray that it's not just a message. Let it come, let your truth come and transform our hearts and transform our minds. We love you. Amen. Amen. So feel free if, if, if you got to go. Thank you for coming. But I want to just take some time. Um, we're just going to have a time of open altars and uh, respond to the Lord. Amen? All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.